Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch on this uh, very smoky Friday morning in Calgary. I think we've all just uh, are feeling terrible for everybody in BC who's dealing with these wildfires, but oh my goodness, it is a tough go here with the uh, air quality in Calgary. And Dakota, how are you on this Friday morning? How's the week been? Week has been excellent, Alyssa. Thank you for asking. Very productive. Um, I've got my office space, I want to say 75% filled out without any art or anything. So I've been up here and my... It has just... I don't know why I just said that. But anyway, my oh my, it has been cleansing my soul to get out of my house and into a different space to to work. Um, I actually had my first client meeting up here too. And they they loved it. And I got a whiteboard... And uh, yeah, it just feels it feels really great to have a space to to conduct work in again. It's the it's also going to be the future ladies who launch um, podcast recording studio. I'm just saying that right now. Oh, it is Dakota has. I'm saying that. So anyway, um, but this morning um, we have an awesome guest today. She is a paralegal who's created started her own business, uh, Zaina Al Sayed is a widely recognized expert in divorce. And I mean, being an expert in divorce is like pretty cool in itself. But she's processed more than more than 30,000 divorces in 10 years um, through Alberta Divorce Court prior to launching her company. So she launched her company called Trusted Divorces, and she's created this constructive divorce process, making the, um, the divorce process simplified, more direct, more accessible, and especially for for women, I think that's awesome. So we are so happy to have um, Zane here this morning. We're going to talk about conflict resolution and dealing with um, difficult situations. So welcome, Zaina, to Ladies Who Launch. Thank you so much. Nice to be here with you guys today. I, in particular, am very excited to talk to Zaina because I just finished finalizing my divorce after three years. And for a divorce that was very amiable, um, the process, I have to say, honestly, was still really annoying. We actually went through um, a company that I I definitely want to... I'm not going to name them, but they were another like mediation company in Calgary and we got our um, agreement done by them. But then we still had to go see and seek independent legal advice. Um, And that's where it got muddy because we had two different lawyers because obviously we had to have that. And there was a bunch of stuff that got messed up and we still got charged. I think we still paid like under, like just under 10 K for an amiable divorce. With no kids, no pets. No, nothing. Like, and like we were renting at the time. So we didn't have to worry about real property or anything like that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm so excited you're here, Zaina, because we want to hear about your process and everything. Um, yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I, I mean, it, it's awful that you have to go through this, but 
gosh, hundreds of people go through this like yearly, if not thousands, like throughout across Canada. It's sad and it's um it doesn't have to be this way, but nobody no lawyer will tell their client doesn't have to be this way. And and um for a lot of lawyers, it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Uh, they're going to put you through the same process. And so the same process costs thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of dollars. And so there is no empathy or like, you know, like you, you guys also run your own businesses. You're always, I'm sure, thinking of like what's best for the client. Like, you know, not every client is the same. You you find that missing in a lot of law firms and, and lawyer mentality. So I feel so strong about this and, and it breaks my heart. Like I've heard the stories like, like this um, for years now, but it still like makes me so mad that people have to go through this. And so we try to really speak out about like, it can be as simple as this, all what you got to do is this um, and really clarifying the process so that people are educated and they know when to say no to their lawyer or they know when to step away or, you know, so give them the resources and, and the information so they don't have to spend thousands of dollars over a divorce with no kids and no property. That's just awful. A hundred percent. And like, I think, you know, so I was actually married to a lawyer. He was not a family lawyer, but I did under, you know, come to understand a lot of processes and whatnot because he worked in both private practice and was out on his own and went in-house. So we, I got to see kind of the full scope of the different options. And we would always joke about lawyer fees and how um, atrocious they were and, you know, paying for things like green paper <laughs> and like, you know, a simple phone call. And so I was interested to see how it was going to roll once we had our agreement ready, which was honestly quite an easy process. I do remember my ex noting that there was a lot of mistakes in the agreement. He actually had to go through and like fix some things after the fact. But as soon as we had to access independent legal advice to make everything binding, um, I went ahead and chose a more, uh, I want to say like, he went and chose like a more senior associate. I chose like a junior associate and mine was three times more expensive than his. And she kept pushing me over and over again to like change things. And I kept telling her, no, this is really cut and dry. Like I know what I need here. And yeah, it, it ended up being, I think, three times more than his. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, when we went to file, there was a bunch of stuff missing. Like a, stamp, a commissioner stamp was missing, missing from an exhibit. Um, and it was just atrocious. And I was really disappointed in in everything. Now they are going to like fix it for me. Um, or, or sorry, they did fix it for me, which was great, but not without kind of like talking about fees. So that's where I just found it to be really frustrating. And you get the kit, right? Like, like you can go get the kit from a register. You can get it from the courthouse. Or we did have a... We have, we have a friend who does family law and he kind of just gave us like a checklist of stuff that you need. But if you're not a lawyer, like, you know, or you weren't married to one or something, like, you don't know what an affidavit of records is. You don't understand, like, how commissioners work. You don't understand what an exhibit is. Like, there's just a lot of nomenclature around legal stuff that is really hard to digest. Mm -hmm. And if you're new to the country 
or you're in a really bad marriage where maybe you were manipulated and controlled for an extended period of time and maybe you didn't have access to, to education. Um, I can't even imagine how difficult it would be for somebody in that position. Yeah, you'd feel stuck. You'd feel like you just have to put up with it. And you'd be surprised, even women and people with high education who've, um, are, who are also amicable, just want to get it done. Sometimes they wait for years not acting on it because they're so afraid that something like this is going to happen to them. Like I got a call from someone the other day and very amicable relationship. They have a child. They do the co-parenting. Um, but they've held off on the actual paperwork filing for seven years because they're afraid. They're they're afraid of being uh, taken advantage of by the lawyer. They're afraid of a judge telling them how to run their lives when they, you know, they're totally good with how they're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very confusing. And it's, I mean, you can Google anything online, but Googling Divorce Alberta honestly doesn't get you much. Like people who have a house who want to split it have no idea how to do it. Like the information is not readily available. And um, even quite honestly, like having worked at the courthouse in Calgary for many years and having been sort of entrenched in their processes there and also in like projects and stuff, there is a lack of information on the court website in Alberta. Um, with respect to all these things, child support, division of assets, how to properly divorce, what to file, where to go, if problems arise, how do you handle them? Um, I remember doing a doing a research comparing Alberta to like Ontario, BC, other provinces, and we're like way behind. Like our people cannot find the, the right information. Well, in the courthouse, going there in and of itself is such a treat as I roll oh, my eyes. Sorry, I know. I like, know. The people there that are happy to be there are the security guards and the police. Yeah. They're lovely when you're going through. Yes. <laughs> but as soon as you get upstairs to the clerks, and my ex warned me about this too, I went to file. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, I just, and I get it. They probably deal with, pardon my language, bullshit all day long. But just the attitude, I couldn't even believe it. And I, and I was like, really? I, I've literally paid thousands of dollars for this to be done. Like, why is it? done properly. Yeah. Giving me stickies that I can barely read and I'm like mailing them to South America to try and get my ex to figure it out. And it was like, it was not the worst situation, very first world, but annoying and, you know, inconvenient. And three years later, Mm -hmm. uh, like we, we just submitted everything again. So hopefully it goes through, but yeah, it was just really disappointing to, to hear that we'd spend money on something that wasn't correct. And that's the other piece. And, and I want to bring this up because um, this is a common theme that I see too, is that people believe, like it's sort of like a societal belief that divorce is long, it's expensive, it's it's really painful. And so when it happens, you're like expecting it. So then when it does become this way, you don't question things and just kind of like, like listening to you, Dakota, like why three years, like it should have taken like three months then. Like why suffer? Why do you have to go to court when you you're you're paying your lawyer thousands of dollars? Like all these things are wrong, but it's like whom do you go to? Who's gonna tell you? Like you just like everybody struggles with divorce, and so you're just you just go well. It's it's a part of it, and while you're struggling with everything else that goes with it, the financials, the emotions, like 
dealing with people who are questioning you, like all these things. But then you've got also like the legal paperwork and the legalities that now is a huge burden on you. Well, and the other thing too that I just want to point out is that whole fear fear piece. Because I will admit, I'm not proud of this, but I will admit that the last year of my marriage, the main reason I didn't call it then and waited to try and figure things out beyond the fact that I just wanted it to work was that I was scared it was going to cost us a boatload of money to get divorced. And I knew that it was a really arduous process. Um, Now, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was still kind of annoying. But for people who have more complicated situations... Yeah. So why don't you walk us through, Zaina, like your specific process, like maybe even just applying my example as a case study. Um, How do you take in a client? Like what are the steps that you take them through and how do you simplify the process for them? Hmm. Yeah. So for like a situation like yours, we would work with both of you. Um, we get, um, your initial information, you know, date of marriage, date of separation, what kind of assets do you have? Do you want to do anything about the dog? Um, we draft the documents. Um, if you guys need some help, say, you know, you, you each want to keep the dog and you know, it's just not working out. You're fighting over it. Come to mediation. Let's talk about it. Let's see, you know, let's, let's work out like co-parenting, co, co, like, dog sitting plan um, and and figure things out right in mediation. And then from there, we draft the documents. You both look at them. You both, you each sign them. We submit them to court and it's done. Like for in our, pro- yeah, in our process, there's no lawyers, um, no delays. My mind is blown right now. Yeah. I was told you shouldn't need a lawyer to get divorced. Like yeah. That yeah. I was told we had to have ILA. That's what they all say because they want to be hired for ILA. Oh my God. And if you like, so, like so mad right now. I know. Like a situation like yours, honestly, would have caused like, you know, no kids, little property, mm-hmm. somewhere between like 1500 and 3000 max for both of you. That's insane. Yeah. So like, yeah. The, uh, like the divorce, it's, it's almost like the divorce um, system is like the wedding system. It's just one big scam. Like everything's overpaid. Everything's overcharged. Oh, you need to have the big dress for the, like, it's like they all work in connection because they know that more than half of people getting married are going to get divorced. So let's all work together and make this all big scam. So everybody's overpaying and telling everybody yeah. what they don't need. It's, it's yeah. almost, it's really super uncomfortable and sketchy that like this is what this has become. It's almost like it's almost like the mob or something. Like you pay I us call, in order to do anything. I call it inhumane. Like it's inhumane to make people go through this. Um, and like again, like from the court system, I'll tell you, like the clerks are, are miserable because the courts are so congested and so like people don't know they can't afford lawyers, so they try to go do it on their own. Um, they're standing in the lineup. They have no idea. The courts are like trying to help them, but then it's so much. Yeah. And then the judges are also like overworked and and like ton of people showing up at the court. Like everybody's confused and everybody's like trying to figure it out. And you've got the lawyers and and so the whole system is choked up. And so, but there isn't like reforms or process like new systems to to be like well. You know, they try, but really like the 
two big options people have and Dakota uh, experienced this either do it yourself but it's so messy and it's so confusing and you have to deal with the clerks who are miserable and don't want to help anyone seems like and then on the other hand hire the lawyer who's 400 500 dollars an hour and you know allow your divorce to cost thousands of dollars and take three years now like yeah it's not not everyone all all obviously has an amicable divorce either. So not everyone's like Dakota where there's no kids and it's just ending a marriage. No one's like, like no one's angry. I mean, you're angry, but you know what I mean? But how do you deal? I mean, some divorces are toxic and they have been in fighting over kids for the past number of years or whatever. So if they came to you, as a couple who's been um, not even talking to one another or like whatever for a period of time, what is the process in terms of getting everything on an even keel before you can even move forward? Because I think for a lot of people, that's the situation they're in is that they just can't even stand their spouse. And to think about even having to sit down and try to negotiate anything with them would be impossible. It's really hard. And I always tell people it's very hard. And you know, I, I even tell them, like, I know you got to this point and you can't stand one another, but you've got two options. You either sit down with a with me, a mediator, and you work through things. It's it's very hard, but you do it. Or you go to lawyers and you do the exact same thing, 10,000 times more stressful, uh, going to court, the expenses, and you do it over months and years. So, you, like, you got to deal with it one way or another. But how are you going to choose to deal with it? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think too, like conflict is completely inevitable. And this is what I experienced in my relationship. It was eye-opening, you know, to be super young, super in love, you know. And I, I will say we had a really great, like as a, as a unit, we had a really great um, way of working together. But at the end of the day, we were just foundationally two very different people uh, that just like weren't working together when we grew up. And so I remember a time, you know, like I'm, I thank my lucky stars that my divorce was amiable because there was a time, you know, in that last two years where we couldn't, we couldn't stand each other. We couldn't even, you know, talk about taking out the garbage or picking up our dog's poop without like getting into a horrible fight. And it would just happen. And I remember just sitting there mind blown that I had popped off like that and didn't even know why. Um, so I don't know where we got our courage or like our strength to just like do it in a nice way, but yeah. And like, also my mom was married three times and most of the people in my family are divorced. So I've seen it happen a lot. And there, there have been couples that I know that like can't sit down with each other. So with this Zaina, um, like what, like what happens when you don't deal with conflict? Obviously, this is something we see more often than not, which is really sad. Yeah. But when you don't like deal with the conflict um, and work with somebody like you, that I'm guessing that results in just thousands and thousands of dollars in legal bills. Yeah. I, I love what... Um, I read a lot of books and um, I love what Tony Robbins put in his book, Awaken the Giant Within. It's not about divorce. It's not about relationships, but there's a piece in it where he talks about there are four stages to that gets people to a point where, you know, they have to fight over who's going to pick up the dog's poop. 
And so I'm going to, I'm going to list them. Um, The first stage is resistance. And this is when you start to get annoyed by the person. Like maybe, you know, you go for ice cream and they eat their ice cream a certain way. And like, you're like, I, I don't like how you eat your ice cream. <laughs> like I, I put up with it for like five years, but now it's really bugging me. I'm annoyed, uh, but you kind of don't say anything about it. So you're, you're avoiding the, the, the conversation, just like whatever. Uh, but then he starts doing more things. And with time, it's like, I also don't like how you don't hang your pants properly. And I also don't like how you talk to me in the morning or like, and it just builds up. And then it gets to a point where it's resentment. So now it's not just like I'm annoyed, a little bit annoyed here, a little bit annoyed there. Now it's like I'm actually resentful towards all the things that you're doing. Um, And then from there, um, rejection. So it's like attack. Uh, Instead of just being like, I'm annoyed, I'm just going to ignore it. You're like, I freaking hate what you just said. Or how dare you do this? Or I don't like that, you know. So now it's like, it's it's attacking. It's like the, the head-to-head stuff. And then it's the rejection. So it's like, now it's like, I don't even care. I don't, I'm living my life. You're doing, you're living yours. Like we, I, I, I talk to people in this space all the time where they're like, we've been together for like eight years and we have not spoken, you know, we hardly spoken all this time. And then it's like the repression, the last stage where it's like, okay, like I'm done. This is not working. Uh, I can't stand him being around me. I want to do something about it. Wow. That's crazy. Cause we went through that. Yeah. I don't think we got to the like last stage where we just like couldn't even stand each other so much that yeah. there was definitely still love there. And I think we were both smart enough to know that we have to make we have to make a go of making this easy and just be nice because otherwise, you know. But oh wow. So when you take all that and you couple it with kids. Which inherently add stress on a relationship, a lot of stress. Um, let's say a lot of debt. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say property that both parties have put a lot of effort and love into. Then what happens? Then they're both like really sad. And like I, you know, I've seen like big men cry, like police officers um, sit there and be like, like, I, I, I feel my life crumble. I'm, I don't know who I am. Like, I don't know what's, if my kids are okay and, and it's hard. Um, but I, like I always say, the only way to the other side is to go through it. Like, like anything, feel the feelings, be mad, be sad. Like I tell people on the phone, like they're calling to ask about our process and I go to them, you need to be sad today. Like you need to like cry. You need to be angry. You need to throw things around. Like you need to talk to someone. And then call like, so I think, um, you really have to acknowledge like, this is shitty and I hate it, but I'm going to sit with it and I'm going to feel bad for myself and I'm going to cry and I'm going to, um, and then when you kind of flush all these emotions through and you feel them and you process them, then you can like any problem. Okay. How do we deal with it? This is a problem we need to deal with. And what options do I have? Yeah. When they get to you or they already... This is what, I mean, I've never been married and I have no interest in getting married because of this. Like, I just think marriage, I'm sorry, but this is all random about this. I think marriage is archaic and old and it's not necessary anymore. It's just a, I mean, it always was, it was just a way, like, I mean, marriage was created as a way to control women because you had to be like, 
dowried off from your family. But are people already when they when they seek someone when they seek advice, whether it's from a lawyer or or, or coming to see Zainet? So if I was booking an appointment with you, am I already at the acceptance and just like depressed stage, or are you still seeing people come in who are like? physically can't be in the same room with each other. Like, I always wonder what point in the process do you finally make the move to mm-hmm. separate and get divorced? I think uh, ideally you want to be in the accept- acceptance stage because then you can think logically. Um, sometimes it's hard to get there before like counseling or like working through things. Sometimes you will only get to acceptance like in the second stage of mediation, like you come in, you talk it out. Cause I always tell people like you, when, if you try to talk things out with one another, you're going to inevitably like start fighting. And so have a third person with you to make sure that you speak out, that you, that you get what you need to get out of your system so that you can get to the acceptance stage and you can think logically and start like actually like putting things in place. I get people come to me in, in all stages. Sometimes like I get people calling me like, we stopped sleeping in the same bed like last week. <laughs> and what do we do? And I'm like, like, are you sure they want to like talk about it or like give it some time? So I think they come to us at all stages because it depends on how you think and how you process problems. Um, some people cannot stand to like have a problem and not have a solution. So like, as soon as they feel that the, the relationship is over, they want to solve it. So they call us or they call a lawyer. And, and I think that's not good. Like that's, that, that, that will not go well for them. Um, uh, I just want to, um, I wanted to mention one thing here. Um, yeah, so I, I really think it, it depends on how how your brain works and and what's how you process things through your life yeah Yeah. interesting i i I would think i'm if i was married i would be on the immediate like get out of my house situation Mm -hmm. um i have zero tolerance but Mm -hmm. like it's funny i mean dakota shares her story but um i probably out of my friends who are married still married that aren't already divorced but I would probably say I could probably count on one hand the ones who are actually genuinely happy um, as opposed to ones that are just still together for the kids or together because of family pressure, like divorce would just never be an option or uh, for other, it's an interesting, like relationships are always interesting. And then of course the family influence comes in, but I think it's it's one of those things when you look around at your at your friends. I mean, obviously Dakota. I have more friends who have been divorced than are still married, uh, which I think is just an interesting stat, just mm-hmm. anecdotally. But it's a difficult when you're the person looking in from the outside, and I'm just like, you people shouldn't be married. Like, do you know you shouldn't be married, or are you just going through the motions because this is how it's been for the last decade or whatever? And I think. Provide letting people, especially women who mm-hmm. usually are on the um, more of the more difficult situation in, in figuring out how to leave, but presenting you as an option, I think, is is a great sort of equalizer. When especially if there's a power um, is imbalance, differential in a marriage, whether it's money or abuse or whatever, 
mm-hmm. being for a woman to be able to to come and see you and walk talk through this and be like it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to be angry it doesn't have to be the end of your life so to speak i think is empowering and i think more more women in particular need to know that they do have power and they do have control over how they want their life to go and mm-hmm. if you're 35 or 40 and you've got teenage kids but you've got a whole life to live like why why think that you need to stay in this marriage because it's what your parents think you should do? I don't yeah. know. That's so powerful, Alyssa. And 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 I like, I mean, I could tell that you're someone who's like, there's a problem, let's deal with it. Like I, you know, it's hard, but let's just let's just attack it and be bad. I'm not married either. So like But 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 this is how you this is how you it sounds you like you run your life. And I think this is this is powerful because you don't like it's not just marriage like this is you guys have this is for women it's it's, it's an empowerment show it's yeah. for every like a- anything why put up with a job that makes you so miserable you hate going there for years and years and years and not even consider going somewhere else like why put up with um a bad relationship with a friend just because you're too afraid to have the conflict like the, the conversation with them and tell them why you're not happy like why stay in a house that you freaking hate because you're too afraid to like work somewhere else? Like so all these things and women, I see it like miss out on so much um, joy and satisfaction and fulfillment because it just, eh, just, just the way it is. I'm just gonna, and you see them, like I see women who like are, are have so much talent in certain areas and I can see that like there's so much potential in them, but they just kind of like, it's just the way it is. Like, it's too hard. I'm just going to stick to where I am and, and be done. And then especially if the relationship is super abusive as well. And I actually, uh, I have a couple of women in my life who are originally from a different country and they are up the dynamic and kind of marriage structure where, you know, they came here to get married and have babies and their husbands run a business. And unfortunately there have been moments in time where Husbands have been very abusive to them, and yeah, they won't leave because they don't. But they don't have any of their own money. That's the thing. Yeah, and they can't. They they feel yeah. they can't. Right? It's it's really really sad. But like, think of it, and it's true. And I I remember speaking to some women from other countries whose their husbands have like millions, but they're sitting in a small apartment, and they they just they have so much control over them. Yeah. Um, the reality is, they get half of what the husband has they probably need more help than, you know, just going through my company because we try to keep it. Like we help people who are amical when they work together, but um, it's hard, but it's possible that they go and fight for half of the assets and go live their life, you know, but it's very hard to like get through the first time. Yeah. And if you have like a super abusive husband. Yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine. Yeah. For sure. Um, so what are some signs of unresolved conflict for maybe some people who might be listening and they don't even know they have conflict happening in their marriage? Um, I think, I think what I, one of the posts I put out on social media one time is if you're not having a conversation with your spouse that's lasting more than a few minutes, um, then that's a sign that you guys don't really like one another so much anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you don't want to, if you're not running home going, oh my God, I got to tell 
I gotta tell him this this thing that happened with me or I'm feeling down I, I'm gonna talk to her and and um, and just kind of like get get her support um, if you don't feel that you can you want to do that or you can do that I think that's a sign that you're starting to mm-hmm. what you're probably at the rejection or the resentment stage where you're like uh, I don't really feel home when I'm with him or her I think that's a big sign Mm. I, bet probably, I bet you there's probably a lot of people listening right now being like, oh. Yeah. And like not to freak people out for sure, but just, you know, I think a lot of people get stuck in a place where things are really not good, but they're like, mm, I like my lifestyle and I like my house and I like having someone. So I'll just put up with it. But yeah, definitely the silence, the resentment, <laughs> like passive aggressive behavior. I feel yeah. like. Um, Zena, do you also deal with uh, couples from the LGBTQ community? Because I've actually um, seen studies done before that conflict and abuse is actually quite prevalent in that community, more so even than in um, what is the word I'm looking for, Alyssa? Great. Well, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, whatever. We'll call it that. Left my brain. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah it's coming up because, I mean, obviously, um, LGBTQ people have been able to get married for well over yes. decades now. And yes. so they're probably going through divorces. And I mean, relationships are relationships, but mm-hmm. it's an dynamic. I mean, especially if it's, I'm just, we'll just, I'll use, because well, we're women, so we'll just talk about that. Because I wouldn't know what it would be like to be in a, in a, in a male relationship. But yeah. if you were, yeah, living with another woman would kind of like suck a lot. So I would, <laughs> and women can be horrible to one another. So if you were like married to another woman, I think yeah. you'd get really quite nasty. I've seen it. I, I I don't think I've seen a difference between. I mean, I I, I I'm I'm just like a. A, yeah. a small percentage, I guess, of, of what I've seen a small percentage, but um, I don't think I've seen a difference because they could both sides, like traditional, traditional type, like not, you know, husband, husband and wife, compared to uh, wife and wife or husband husband. I've seen it sort of the same that they, you know, it it doesn't really. I don't. I didn't see much difference between say gays and, and, and straight people with as far as, as how they deal with conflict and what they do. Cause I've seen ones that are really nasty, really nasty, um, from like the, uh, from gay couple. And I've seen ones that are like super, like, let's just get this over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just, I, yeah, I, I think I used to work with the Calgary domestic violence collective and, um, I, I had just met some women in particular that were in, um, LGBTQ relationship that just like, they, they kind of said it was inherently nastier at times. It could be because maybe because of that feminine dynamic, I'm not really sure, but then there's like polyamorous relationships. Like, have you ever dealt with couples who are like there's three of them <laughs> they're all kind of like- I've heard ones that um decided to have open relationships and like a couple actually different uh scenarios where they decided to have open relationships and then one of them um like when it when it started to happen then one of them was like whoa like 
and that's not what I wanted. And then the, the, the problems started to occur. Um, but usually it stems from, like, usually it's not the open relationship that's starting the problems. It's like there are other problems and they're trying to solve it with, let's just be open and, and, and go out with other people and just see if that's going to revive our relationship. But then it's, they just find out that it creates more problems. So then they, they're back at square one. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I have a girlfriend right now who's actually in a polyamorous relationship and it's going very well. And yeah. like, she has a solid relationship with both the mat and the female and they're thinking of potentially buying a home together. So like wow. going through my head as if something ever went wrong, you know, I like, I just wonder, like, I'm sure they'll plan for it because they're very smart people. Um, mm. uh, yeah. It's interesting to, 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 to just think about that. Right. Like there's three people that. <laughs> If you're yeah. the polyamorous, so now, now I'm thinking because this is what I do. So <laughs> there, so the couple is married. I would assume, right? The husband yeah. and wife are married, and your friend is the third. Yep. Yeah. In that situation, <laughs> but legally, your yeah. friend gets yeah. nothing. Correct. Like, well, this is what my question, right? Like, if they were to ever own a home together, like, how does that even work? That would be that would be very difficult in court because a marriage is a person and a person. You can't have a third person involved. So this is what I'm saying is that we need. I think that needs to be taken into consideration too, because actually polyamory has been around for a really long time, but it's just not super prevalent. I would say, and or talked about really in this in Utah, I believe it's actually Mm -hmm. prevalent. Mm So I wonder if like, if in addition to just getting it together, (laughs) the Alberta courts um, Mm -hmm. and courts in general need to start considering different kinds of relationships too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that actually. I I don't think I've had uh, any exposure to that, but that's interesting. Yeah. There will be more of them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Zainan, this has been so educational and... Uh, for those of you out there that are feeling hopeless and you're maybe not in the greatest situation with your spouse or maybe you're calm in law um, and mm-hmm. trust me, just because you're not married, <laughs> if you've been living together for more than two years, right, Zaina? Mm-hmm. Kind of three similar. years. Three years. It's or have had a child together. Yeah, then you're kind of in a similar boat. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put all of Zaina's information into the show notes for you guys to reach out because it sounds like this is such a better option than going the traditional route. but. Um, may I just say one thing before we wrap up? Because I, I want to make sure that um, I, I, I want the, the listeners to know one thing um, before I, uh, before we wrap up, if you don't mind. Is that okay? Of course. I just want to tell everyone um, that if you feel like if you're in any of the stages we talked about and, or if you feel stuck or if you are in a relationship that where you that it's safe, like you're not being abused, like it's it, it's an you know, quote unquote, normal relationship. Um, don't give up quickly. Like, don't don't listen to this and be like, oh my God, like I'm gonna go for divorce now. Try to work it out. Try to talk to them. Um, talk about, you know, what, before you even, like if you're at the beginning stages, especially of like feeling like, I don't like this, I'm annoyed. Talk to the other person, be like, hey, like when you, um, when you're really messy around the kitchen, for example, it affects me because of yada, yada, yada. Like talk about how it affects you, how it might affect the kids, why it's, why it's hard 
for you that they're doing what they're doing as opposed to, hey, you annoy me because you're whatever. Like try to learn some conflict resolution skills and work it out with them. Go to a counselor, mediator, whatever. Um, try ways to, to, to avoid divorce. Try ways to stay together um, before you give up. And if you try many things and it's not working and you still feel like this is the relationship's over and you don't want it anymore, then call us or like find out the best route towards an amicable divorce. Like I'm just, just want to put it out there because I don't think we got a chance to talk about like how to deal with conflict, but I just want people to know there are so many ways, healthy ways to deal with conflict and try them before you give up and before you uh, throw the towel, as they say. Absolutely. And Dana, we're going to actually be putting something in the show notes that you mm-hmm. can help us with a conflict cheat sheet. So definitely check that out if you need a little bit of support as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Zane, do you guys also offer like courses, any any other kind of resources for couples that want to work on things directly? Through uh, you? Not we have webinars that we're planning for in the fall, so okay. we'll put it out there on. Uh, our website and social media. And I mean, ultimately I would love to have um, a, like, well, let's call it support group, but like a group of people who want, you know, going through it and they need each other's support and they want resources. So that for sure will be coming in the next few months. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, we have to finish our, we have to, we have to ask oh, her. Yes. Uh-huh. That's fair. I didn't mention that book by Tony Robbins. Yeah. Reading. But, we always, yeah, we always ask our guests at the end our um, a couple of questions that we ask everybody. So, firstly, what are you reading right now? Is it the Tony Robbins book, or we'll, we'll just recommend that anyway? But are you? Yeah, it's a good book. book. It's long. Tony Robbins' book is big, is wrong, like little letters, but it's really good. The other one um, that I just finished reading is by Martha Beck, and it's called Finding Your North Star. Okay. Have you guys heard of it? No. It's a really good book. It's a really good book. It talks about how we all have an essential self and a social self. And the social self does what everybody's expecting her to do. And, you know, goes on, goes on with life like work. And, but it's not actually listening to what, you know, the essential self actually wants and likes and brings her joy. So how to connect with that essential self so you actually know, like, how to live your life based on what's like in your core and what what you actually love and what you aspire to. And so it's it's an amazing book. I'm gonna recommend it all the time. And it's it 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 asks a lot of questions and takes you through sort of a journey of like your internal self and and what you want from life and what's your next goals. And so highly recommend, especially for women, finding your North Star. Martha Beck. Okay. Mm-hmm. That book will be in the show notes as well. And then our last question is, what is the greatest piece of advice you've given to someone or a mentor has given to you or the value of mentorship in your career? Mm -hmm. It was like building people up and everybody's got someone that made a difference to them. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about your greatest Mm -hmm. advice or your greatest mentor in your career. Um, I love my business coach actually her name is Eleanor Beaton and she has a podcast uh power presence position and I followed her for so long and then on the podcast and then 
I hired, like I, I, I um, joined her um, group cohort um, and she's amazing. And I remember one of the podcasts she was talking about how, you know, the idea of watch your thoughts because the thoughts create the feelings and then from the feelings you're doing the actions. And so if you allow negative thoughts to then make you feel bad, then you're like going like this and you're not, you're not being really like fully and present and, and comfortable in your day to day life, then the results are not going to be what you want. But if you stop the bad, like I'll call them bad thoughts, but they're thoughts that are not like helpful. Like when we say to ourselves, like we're not worthy, we're not, um, we're not good. You know, I'm not a good businesswoman. I'm not a good mom. Then those just they're they're um, they they're gonna result in in the way that you live your life and 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 um, and just act throughout your day in a way that's not helpful. That's not gonna take you to your north star, as as Martha Beck says. So like this is one of the big things for me. Like when I when I really learned about this, it's like oh my god, it's so true. If I just if I'm feeling bad or I'm um, just you know let the feelings um go through but but don't don't believe like don't believe that i'm a you know bad person or, or whatever comes up for us that's a big one and then the other one um and i say this all the time and it's um i think it's very important is like which is like stems from the first one i i mentioned which is like feel the feeling which is like it's okay that, you know, you're not feeling so great today, but it's, you know, um, it's, it's important to feel it because then it's going to allow you to then move on to your, to your next thing. Feel a feeling. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been excellent, Zena. Thank you so much. Um, and like, like we said, we'll put all the resources into the show notes for you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. It was so good. I love talking to you guys. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a great way to spend a Friday. Yes, yes. We get to be inspired by amazing women every Friday. It's pretty fantastic. And they get inspired by you guys. (laughs) We hope so. (laughs) For our guests, probably. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time on our next episode of Ladies Who Launch. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode.